Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Washbucklers. Yep, they're the three musketeers. Now leading this studly crew in this remake are Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, and Chris O'Donnell. Joined by Oliver Platt, they're doing battle against the dastardly Tim Curry. It's basically a, a, a timeless tale. It, it, it could be three veteran cops and a rookie cop comes in, you know. Uh, to take care of some crime boss, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of Two Geeks, Two Beers. I'm Morgan Jeffrey, he's Tom Eames, and when it's love you give, we'll be men of good faith. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme. No. We'll be swilling beer and swashing buckles as I revisit a film favourite from my childhood, 1993's The Three Musketeers. It's all for fun, and it'll be fun for all. <laughs> now... Let's hope so. Now, this, uh, this is actually... It's a momentous occasion. It's the first episode we've recorded since I got married. I suppose it is. Yeah. yeah. Tom, you were, you were a groomsman, yeah. an usher at my wedding. Yeah. So if anyone's listened to this episode thinking, wow, who's, who's this guy? He's weirdly obsessed about a sort of subpar Disney movie from the early 90s. <laughs> Sorry, guys and gals, I am officially he's, now he's, off, off the market. Yeah, you can't have him. No. <laughs> no matter how much you want it. <laughs> so now, 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 Tom. Yeah. You know, you know I love this movie. And this is... Ordinarily, the juncture, the point at which uh, I would ask what familiarity you have with it, but you, you made the effort. I did. You, you, you last night. Yeah, I went on Disney Plus. Yeah, and watched it. Yeah, and now I thought I'd seen it before. Yeah, turns out I haven't. Well, if I had... No memory of it. I have absolutely it was zero so, memory of it. It was so unmemorable. It was one of those things where I know the theme song so well, which mm. we'll get on to. Just assumed. I just assumed. And I was like, no, no, this is like a brand new film. Mm. Um, and we'll get on to my reaction. <laughs> Are we going to hold that back? Well, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, it'll, it'll your, your your feelings will seep, yeah. seep through clearly <laughs> as we uh, bit as, by as bit, we, bit we, by glorious bit as we plow on. <laughs> all right. So, coming up, the rival Musketeers movie that never was, uh, the Doctor who doubled up, the famous face who was cut from the film but still helped promote it, oh. and why Charlie Sheen playing a famous swordsman in the movie doesn't really use a sword in the movie. Yeah. So. Can you just riddle me this? Yeah. Musketeers. Mm. Why do they use swords? Why are they using swords? I was watching it going, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the musket is a gun. It's a gun. And yet, they do use guns a bit. Yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. But is that a thing that like Western audiences have messed up? No, I, 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 musketeers just, they like, I don't know, they like using swords. It's, yeah, but it doesn't make a huge amount. Musketeers of makes it sound like they're like particularly brilliant with the guns, with the musket. Yeah. So don't worry about the swords because you're amazing with the musket. <laughs> yeah. And yet, it's, it's like great if 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 you're adept with the sword. Yeah. It's all, all for the good. But yeah. It's like trying to come up with a metaphor and then not coming up with one. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just confused me. I was just watching it going, oh. Yeah. Because you just sort of take the word musketeer as a thing. It's like it's like then... it's like if you were called the metaphorsman. Yeah. And yet <laughs> couldn't come up with a metaphor. Never never displayed your ability with a metaphor. <laughs> I'm not a wordsmith, wordsmith like Charlie Sheen is in this film. No. There you go. Yeah. So the beers. Yes. The musketeers. Um, nice. Thanks. Um 
recently renewed our, our efforts to try and find a, a themed beer gimmick for each episode. To an extent. Uh, and this, this is this is not my not my best effort. Okay. But I would say nor is it nor is it my worst. Um, so we're drinking uh, a rise, which is a, a pale ale from Burning Sky Brewery. Uh, it's a session IPA that's perfect for the end of the day, featuring a balanced malt bill that gives a great mouthfeel and a finish that keeps on giving. Mouthfeel. A mouthfeel. Okay. Do you want to do you want to try it? Yeah. Enjoy the mouthfeel. Hmm. Mm. How's the mouthfeel? Mouthfeel's nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's good, that. Yeah. Arise. Arise. Very good. Now, Arise, I think that has sort of musketeery vibes. Yeah. Arise, D'Artagnan. Yeah. Um, but also, while it's an American pale ale, and Burning Sky Brewery is based in Sussex, UK, stay with me on this, uh, on the back of the can, it also <laughs> it also lists an EU address for the brewery. On, uh, this is so niche. On, on Avenue de Châtillonin in France. So is this the link? So shut up. We've had worse. We've had much worse. The brewery is the brewery is part based in France. And I always I always like it. I thought because we've done ones in the past where mm. the picture on the cover yeah. sort of resembled what we were talking about. Yeah. We've now got to the point where some of the the, the text <laughs> of where it's from is sort yeah. of linked to. Yeah, it's okay. part. The brewery is part based yeah, in well, France. That's all right. Yeah, it's, it's a French beer. It's, 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 sort of. It's, yeah. called, it's called a French beer. It was this or. Cronenberg. Yeah. So, do you know what? Else? I was watching this because mm. obviously all the actors they're not French and they're not speaking in a French accent or mm. whatever. But you wouldn't you wouldn't know from their performances. Nah. But, yeah. but halfway through, I was like, oh yeah, this is in France because <laughs> like I got so I just forgot because they're all American or British. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no, yeah, because yeah. they just didn't even try back then. <laughs> no. Now I think they just cast French actors. But they would they would have been if it were real. They would have been speaking French. Yeah. So, so why does it matter that they're speaking English True. in an American accent? It's no more. Yeah. It's no more or less nah. ludicrous. Yeah. And this film is is plenty ludicrous as it is. Yeah. Um, so, the 1993 film version of The Three Musketeers is, of course, loosely based on the 1844 novel The Three Musketeers by the French writer Alexandre Dumas, uh, which recounts the adventures of D'Artagnan on his quest to join the three title characters in Becoming a Musketeer, a story that has been adapted many times and is, in fact, loosely based on historical fact. Hmm. So most of the main characters are adapted from real historical figures. So previous film versions had included a silent movie released in 1921 starring Douglas Fairbanks, a 1948 version starring Gene Kelly as D'Artagnan, oh. Vincent Price as the, as the villain Richelieu, Lana Turner as Milady de Winter, and Angela Lansbury as Queen Anne. Has Angela Lansbury just been alive Forever, Angela Lansbury is one of those people. 1948. Who, one of the, exactly one of those people who has always been old. Yeah, always been old. Yeah, and always been great. Don't, yeah. get, don't get me wrong, but murder she wrote, age she did not. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what? She was old when she's she very much the Clive Dunn of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but she was old. Maybe it's one of those things. It's like. um Max von Sydow was always the classic, where he played the—he literally was in the the Exorcist as the old priest, yeah. And yet, he forty years later, lived for about another sixty years. <laughs> yeah. When he, yeah, yeah. So Angela Lansbury is the female Max von Sydow. Yeah. I'd love to see a like a you know sometimes they do like like Ocean's Eight, where mm. it's like the same but with women. Yeah. Do that with the Exorcist, but cast Angela Lansbury <laughs> as the old priest. <laughs> We went to go on the bed. <laughs> Angela Lansbury. Swap Linda Blair for yeah. Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Uh, um, there was, of course, the popular 1973 film version of The Three Musketeers from director Richard Lester, uh, starring Michael York as, uh, as D'Artagnan, Oliver Reed as Athos, wow. Charlton Heston as Cardinal Richelieu, Faye Dunaway as Milady de Winter, 
Christopher Lee as the Count, <laughs> is, as the Count de Rochefort and Raquel Welsh as Constance but, Bonacieux. But again, what a cast. similar to the Poirot films, I think they just did this back then. Yeah. But I felt like this has had no legacy at all. I did not, because I, I looked this up yeah. before, and no, I had no idea that this happened. I, I will put it to you that something having no legacy and you never having heard of it is not always necessarily <laughs> yeah, the same It's had no thing. legacy in my, my head. <laughs> In my own personal legacy. But it hasn't now, has it? And it, it, I, it it's, it's, has pretty, it? it's pretty well known. But like... Yeah, because I looked it up and they yeah. did a sequel. Yeah, The Four Musketeers. And then brought it back in like the late 80s. Yeah. Return of the Musketeers or something. And they all, they all came back. Well, the, it, the ones that were still alive, anyway. It clearly had enough legacy for there to literally be yeah. a, a legacy sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there it, you go. Here's a trailer. All right. <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> So, in my opinion, didn't can't, exist. Can't be a big deal. <laughs> there are six of them and we are only three. No. Four. What is your name, youngster? D'Artagnan. Athos. Porthos, Aramis and D'Artagnan. Sure. <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> I like that he had to say all of their names yeah. before he could decide if D'Artagnan was allowed to join them. He's like, Athos, Aramis, Porthos and Pete. Doesn't work. No, no. You, you can't join us. <laughs> The suspense. <laughs> a truly great film adventure. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> they don't do that in trailers anymore. Go, it's really good. <laughs> Trust us. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's brilliant. You need to see it. <laughs> Three musketeers. One mighty cast. Name of this film? Dazzling motion picture. <laughs> Oliver Reed. Reed. Raquel Welch. Welch. Richard Chamberlain. Chamber. <laughs> Michael York. Yorkie. Frank Finley. Finley. Christopher Lee. <laughs> Geraldine Chaplin. Chappers. Jean-Pierre Cassel. Simon Ward. Faye Dunaway. And Charlton Heston. <laughs> what a cast that is. The Three Musketeers. Charlton Heston as Cardinal Richelieu. Yeah, yeah you damn dirty musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you complained about the 1993 version. There is no one less French. There has never been anyone less French than Charlton Heston. <laughs> True. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, for one. I'm French. <laughs> Not quite. Um, I don't know if Ollie Reed was just beyond drunk as he normally was, but in that trailer, he seemed far harder than the musketeers that we're about to talk about. Yeah. Well, also, there's a, there's a bit in that trailer, you were complaining, why well, they're not using muskets. They yeah. are musketeers. Yeah. He wasn't even using a, a sword. He was using a big big stick, just beating up guys with a big stick. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Ollie Reed just had a massive stick. Like, I think that was just Ollie Reed on a night out. They just filmed it because he still had his outfit on. He didn't yeah, bother changing. Yeah. They, just, yeah, they just followed him off set. Um, so there was also a, a BBC television series of The Three Musketeers in the 1960s featuring future Sherlock Holmes actor Jeremy Brett nice. as D'Artagnan and Brian Blessed Amazing. as Porthos. Great casting. Um, Again, I feel like I didn't realise just how much... Because there hasn't really much, not been mu much musketeer action since the 93 one, right? It killed it. <laughs> killed yeah. it they, they couldn't top it. They, they peaked. They were <laughs> like, well, this, is, this is the definitive, iconic yeah. screen adaptation. Why bother making any more? Yeah, weird. Mm. Uh, and of course, how can we forget the animated adaptations? Uh, the French animated series Albert, the Fifth Musketeer, in uh, in 1994. Brilliant. <laughs> Be clever in the 
intentions, you know his intentions to help whenever he can. If you want something sorted like enemies quarter, then Albert, your man, his name is Albert. Albert, he's Albert the Fifth Musketeer. And uh, Dog Tanyon and the Three Musker Hounds in 1981. Now, Wikipedia says, A key difference between the Dog Tanyon adaptation and Dumas' novel is that the character traits of Athos and Porthos were interchanged, making Athos the extrovert and Porthos the secretive noble of the group. Is that the, is that the biggest difference? <laughs> they're all dogs. Yeah, no. Yeah, that, was, about it. that was what they seized upon. That, that's that's the biggest difference there. But I, I can't say D'Artagnan. I have to say Dog Tanyon. I find it easier to say. Like in this film, when I was watching it, that's mm. all I heard whenever mm. they kept saying his name. It's like, it just sounds like you're saying Dog Tanyon. Dog, ta- Dog Tanyon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better name. <laughs> it's, a better, it's a better name. <laughs> Why do I love this version in particular? I'm talking now about the 1993 okay. movie, not, 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 not Dog Tanya. Although I do love Dog Tanya. Yeah. Um, other than its runtime of one hour 45, which is uh, That's good. It's a, it's solid. a solid, solid length for a movie. Yeah. Movie's too long these days. Uh, so it, it was released on the 12th of November, 1993. I would have just turned seven uh, when this hit cinemas. And it is, to the best of my knowledge, and as uh, Patreon subscribers will know, the first film I ever saw yeah. in the cinema, or certainly the first movie I ever remember uh, seeing at the cinema. And I have such a strong recollection of that experience. <laughs> the seats, all covered in scarlet felt. The smell of, Aren't they always? The smell of popcorn filling the air. Are they? I feel like now they're like... Well, they go out especially for the three musketeers. Yeah. I feel like now they're like sort of leather. Yeah. I'm, I miss scarlet felt. <laughs> and, 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 and it does sound ridiculous, but... the. Genuinely, the first time yeah. the lights go down yeah. and you see a film on the big screen, yeah. it is a little bit is a little bit magic. Yeah. Did you not have that with the secret of Nim? <laughs> it wasn't that. It was Fern Gully. I thought it was the secret no, of Nim. Very similar, but not the same film. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember that. that I, I, no. I, I, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you mean. Um, I feel like when you're seeing a spectacle like this, it's a mm. bit more of a... You're probably easier to remember, whereas Fern yeah. Gully was just too... Generic and animated. I feel like uh, early on you were being a bit a bit stanky, but you've you've now just called this a spectacle. Yeah, it's a spectacle. Well, it's a spectacle. Is that definitely? Yeah. <laughs> Did say it was a good or a bad thing? It's an absolute fucking spectacle. Yeah. This movie. Make it a spectacle of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh. So the film was mostly shot in Vienna, which means nothing to me. <laughs> um, but I'll but I'll tell you what does mean something to me <laughs> that I only found out researching this episode. <laughs> Uh, parts of the film were shot in Cornwall. Oh, which bits? Where, where am I? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the, the countryside bits, I assume. Yeah, the bits that look like France. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but a mere 30 to 40 minute drive from yeah. from where I was living. Maybe, family, maybe, that, maybe you just knew deep down when you went to see it. I could, I could feel it. Yeah. It was a deep connection. But, but, yeah. but I, yeah, this is it. I thought I couldn't love this movie more. Yeah. I thought I couldn't feel more connected to it. I was wrong. There you go. <laughs> So this film holds a lot of nostalgia for me. <laughs> I, I do have a strong sentimental attachment to it, so I, I was slightly worried that it wouldn't wouldn't hold up. Yeah. Um, sometimes you go back to a film from your childhood. Like, have you watched um, The Mask of Zorro recently? No. No. Have you ever seen The Mask of Zorro? A long time ago. Yeah. yeah so I, I loved The Mask of Zorro yeah. when I was young. I used to watch it like, like once a week. Oh, it was brilliant. Banderas. Ban- Hopkins. Jones. 
there you go. Yeah, the trio. All, all fire the, the trio. All you know, all firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And I went back and watched it recently. I was like, I was like, um, yeah, let's watch, let's watch the Mask of Zorro. And yeah. It's all right, but it's like I haven't I haven't watched the Mummy for a long time, and I worry. Yeah, it's not quite the Mummy now though. It's it's gone the other way. Has it? Where I always thought the Mummy was fine, but uh, is it really it, good? It, no, no, it's like. People now hold it up as like, oh, the mummy was so good. Oh, wow. And, okay. and, and, but that makes it worse. It's like, if I go back now, it's going to be even, even more of a, <laughs> even more of a drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come back. There's a mummy connection here. Sort oh, okay. of. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went back and I watched the Three Musketeers, as you say, streaming now on Disney Plus. Yeah. And fuck you. I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time. Really enjoyed it. But do you think it's a thing where it's so connected to your childhood? Maybe. Because I watched it. As a grown man, and nearly forty, and here we go. Here we go. I don't know if I should save it until we've delved into everything. No, go for it now. Um, <laughs> I just a bit, just a bit underwhelmed. To be honest, underwhelmed. I thought like <laughs> the reaction then, underwhelmed. I just episode one hundred and five, also the final episode of Two Weeks Two Beers. It just, it's just a bit. And I'm not alone. Mm. Look at the critics' reviews of the Three Musketeers. We'll get onto that bullshit. Um, that, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. No, it just it's just a it's bit, great. just a bit flat, just a bit like flat. Just a, <laughs> just a bit. Nothing really. It, it's just sort of meander. I like I liked the mood. Yeah, but it just it just didn't. Yeah, didn't do it. For it you. didn't have the. I like I like the whole. This feels like the early '90s, and I love that mm. for it. But it just didn't. I, I, I feel like it just didn't have much happening. It's got it's got action. Yeah, romance. But it's also got Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Laughs. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. We'll get on to the the banter. Oh, the banter. There's some great. There's some great, it, some great moments. Yeah. I just yeah. yeah I, 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 was, I was just a bit. Oh, I was a bit underwhelmed. I but I think I think this movie is a throwback to simpler times. Yeah. When and you know. I lo- much as I love Marvel, blockbuster movies weren't all part 73 of a pre-existing franchise. Yeah. You could just put something like this out there and it would be a huge, a huge box office hit. Yeah. Which it was, by the way. Um, I feel like you 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 had, we'll get onto the cast, obviously, but I feel like you got Charlie Sheen mm. in his charismatic best. Mm. Didn't really do anything with him. Well, he was charismatic. No, but he had like, I feel like they each had like 10 minutes <laughs> In the film, but I reckon if there's you, four if, of them. No, but I feel like if you add up their individual screen time, yeah, not actually in it that much. <laughs> like all of them. No, I feel like Chris O'Donnell's in it loads. Yeah, Kiefer's in it a bit more than the others. But yeah. then, yeah, poor Oliver and um, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Charlie's the one you'd probably want to at the time. Yeah, yeah. Got more Charlie in it. Yeah. Um, but you know. I'm watching it as a 36-year-old man in 2022 yeah. as opposed to a seven-year-old kid in 1993. Yeah. Yeah, your tastes have changed. <laughs> yeah, you've got mature taste now. <laughs> so, so... Look, look, I didn't hate it in any, any stretch of the imagination. No. Just a bit, yeah. It didn't have the same power the Prince of Thieves does. Wow. Well, so so that's that's an interesting comparison yeah. because although I said it isn't, it wasn't you know, a sequel, it wasn't part of the franchise... Yeah. Two years prior to this, you had Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves yeah. in 1991. I, which was what I assumed inspired something like this well, to be made. the two films are very similar in terms of their style, their tone, mm-hmm. this idea of sort of sexing up an old classic, yeah. giving it that 90s sheen, quite literally, in the case yeah. of The Three Musketeers. The sense of humour is quite similar. 
uh, right down to lifting some of the cast and crew, yeah. uh, which which we'll get onto. So in many ways, this is a spiritual sequel. To, yeah. to Prince of Thieves but it is ba- baffling now that they didn't make an actual sequel to Robin Hood Prince of Thieves given what a huge yeah. box office success and, it was and Robin Hood colon Prince of Thieves yeah. makes it sound like the whole point was you're going to do a sequel Robin Hood Retaliation <laughs> yeah. yeah but even The Three Musketeers yeah. I assume it did okay at the box office yeah it was a hit so I'm surprised even if the critics reviews weren't great yeah I'm surprised they didn't bother trying to right we've in, we have established these characters now yeah Let's make a sequel. Yeah. It just would happen now. You would just... If it remotely did okay at the box office, yeah. you'd just make a sequel. But both this and Robin Hood just didn't, just didn't happen. And it's just weird. Yeah. Whereas the Musketeers back in the 70s give them three sequels, whatever it was. <laughs> and and that has no legacy. No legacy. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> Might as well so. have happened. And yeah, it had three movies. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> So, but instead of making, no one made a Prince of Thieves sequel. Instead, no. Disney said, oh, for a bit of that action. Mm. What's a bit like Robin Hood? Musketeers. Three Musketeers? Yeah. yeah. So, That's fine. Yeah. Here's, here's the trailer. <laughs> You're under arrest. Five of them, three of us. Hardly think fair. I wish you gave a chance to surrender. Excuse me, but there's four of us. Pathos, Pathos, and Hello. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Now, we're prepared to resist. Walt Disney Pictures presents the story of the greatest heroes who ever lived. Yes, <laughs> ever lived. It was a time. He did have a musket then. Was yeah. irresistible. Did I miss anyone? King's life is in danger. We have work to do. Keep a Sutherland look like a sexy lion. That music. What's that? Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack, probably. I'm rewinding that. Live. Listen. We have work to do. One thousand gold pieces. What's that? That's another film. What's that? I don't know. What's that? Come back to it. Honestly, that's another film. Figure it out. Put, okay. a little, put a little bit in here. I'll speak when I've, I've I'll insert myself now. Yeah. In a minute. Yeah. <laughs> explaining what it because that honestly they've yeah. nicked that off another film. I'm sure. Weird. Hi everyone. As promised, I researched it and it turns out it's actually Willow's theme by James Horner from the Willow soundtrack from a previous episode of Two Geeks. So I'm not going mad. Anyway, cheers. The heads dead or alive. I prefer. Kill him. Dead. Adventure was everywhere. I hope we're not interrupting. Kill those musketeers. Champagne? In the middle of a cave, Porthos. And friendship. Right. Something red. Was the greatest weapon of all. All for one. More for me. Charlie Sheen. Those perverses. Second thought, God's often busy. Keep us up. Save the king! Chris O'Donnell. On a mission for the king. I've heard that before. Oliver Platt. That's it. Next time you drive. Tim Curry. Snap of my fingers, and you could be back on the block where I found you. And Rebecca de Mornay. <laughs> Rebecca de Mornay. Rest. I could change your religion. Three Musketeers. Oh. 
I don't know if I'm just getting a bit drunk. Mm. I'm already kind of going back on my... <laughs> yeah, you're like... <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of listening, watching, thinking back to it from last night. Maybe yeah. I wasn't paying attention properly. It was like, actually, no, I like that, that. I like that bit. And that bit was good as well. Yeah. I actually quite like that bit as well. Yeah. Uh, so that, that trailer features a moment at the end where, where Porthos of a plaque confronted by a swordsman is coming at him with two blades and he just sort of like takes the piss out of yeah. him a little bit then knocks him into a trap door. Yeah. Now, as a... How did he know it was there? But as a seven-year-old... The, f- the best thing I've the ever seen. The funniest thing I'd yeah, ever yeah, seen. The funniest yeah. thing I'd ever seen. I saw that bit in the trailer and I was like, I want to see the film where the funny man knocks another man into a hole. It's like, great. I will give it that. I like that um, the three of them mm. are very, they've all got their own thing. Mm. Charlie Sheen's doing his hot shots routine yeah. of just sort of being funny but saying it deadly straight. Deadpan. deadpan. Very, very clever. Yeah. And you've got Kiefer taking it deadly seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's gone through shit. Yeah. And then, and looking damn fine. All th- well, actually, all three of them. Oliver Platt looks amazing. Yeah. And then Oliver Platt just playing it for laughs and having a great time. Yeah. 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 Chris O'Donnell's the weak link. But, yeah. yeah. I always th- I always think this, though, with... with It's a flaw, not with this film, because this film is flawless. It's a film with... The, it's a flaw with the Three Musketeers story yeah. that you've got Athos, who's like this tortured soul. Yeah. Aramis, who's like a bit sort of romantic and sexy and cool. Is he the religious one? He's the religious yeah. one. And then you've got Porthos, who's like, you know, he loves wine and women yeah. and kicking ass. And then you've got D'Artagnan. And it's like, can I join? Yeah. No, who's this little Wessie? <laughs> I know. Like, why, why, would we, why would we let you join? This is the issue I have with the way Chris O'Donnell plays it. Yeah. Is that he just comes across as a bit of an arrogant prick. <laughs> and I don't care. Yeah. I just want to see them three. Yeah. How would you feel if it was Keith... Keith I'm so I can't even say his name. Kiefer Sutherland, yep. Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. Oliver Platt, and a dog. <laughs> and Dr. Anion joins you, you turn you turn around. That'd be amazing. That would be great. No, wouldn't it though? Imagine if they just had a dog as part of their team. It'd be far better. Not even an animated dog, just no, like just, dog. just like a like an actual a actual, actual dog. It'd be amazing. And they're like Absolutely. I, I've, I've got a fourth musketeer yeah. who's going to join us. Dog like, Tanyan. Who's it going to be? Dog Tanyan. And it's just, but it's actual, just actually just, just a dog. But, but with a little musketeer's outfit yeah. and a little hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll get on to who could have played who. But I will. Like, um, I will. I was just thinking, what, what. You've heard this podcast before. What um, D'Artagnan should have been in this film yeah. is like a. Um, like almost a Michael J. Fox. Style, Martin McFly style, kind of like it doesn't need to be. Are you telling me yeah, that I could have joined but, the Musketeers? But, like, yeah. but likable, yeah, and and one and you root for him, and, and yeah. whereas he's just like this little shit who's just yeah ripped beyond belief, <laughs> and just yeah, like desperate to be in the Musketeers, but doesn't know who any of the Musketeers are because he disses them all as he first as he first joins them. Do your research. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's like, uh, hey, can I join the Musketeers? He's like. You were Ar- Aramis, Athos, yeah. and Porthos. And I never heard of you. You, you can't have any legacy. <laughs> so in 1992, uh, Walt Disney Pictures, Columbia Pictures, and TriStar Pictures simultaneously began development on three separate what? adaptations of The Three Musketeers, presumably all uh, all after that sweet Robin Hood box office. Did they get made, the other well, ones? No. So, oh. so, so, so Di- Disney won. Disney won. Disney purchased a screenplay from uh, David Lowry, uh, best known at the time for writing Star Trek V The Final Frontier in 1989 and the Wesley Snipes action thriller Passenger 57 nice. in 1992 Lowry however had also been hired by Columbia to write their version of the film he was he was two time in them <laughs> naughty David uh, but the matter was eventually settled out of court uh, Columbia's version never materialised 
nor did TriStars, uh, which was to be a more adult-oriented take, starring Johnny Depp oh. and uh, directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik, who ended up directing Benny and June in 1993 and later the ill-fated Avengers movie of 1998. John Steed. See, Johnny Depp is D'Artagnan. Yeah. Great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Disney's version sees the Three Musketeers on the wrong side of the law uh, and they become fugitives when they refuse to lay down their swords after the villainous Cardinal Richelieu disbands the organisation in an attempt to amass his own power and overthrow the king. Uh, he decrees that these three fugitives must be eliminated. Meanwhile, D'Artagnan, a little shit, how uh, <laughs> to avenge the death of his father at the hands of the Cardinal's henchmen and Rebecca de Mornay's Milady de Winter get mixed up in the fight to stop the Cardinal and defend their beloved France from corruption. Nice. Musketeers trying to murder the king. <laughs> the boys. The boys. Save the king. So the movie was directed by Stephen Herrick, a sorely underrated filmmaker. Uh, you might not know the name, but you'll definitely know the movies. Yeah. Uh, his career as a film director took off in 1986 with the cult horror classic Critters. Uh, followed by the hit comedy Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in oh. 1989. Uh, he then directed another cult favourite, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's <laughs> Dead, in 1991, before becoming a go-to director for the Walt Disney Company throughout the 90s, helming The Mighty Ducks in 1992, <sighs> The Three Musketeers in 1993, of course, and the live-action 1996 remake of 101 Dalmatians starring Glenn Close. <laughs> what a career. Solid. Uh, the music for the film was composed by Michael Kamen. Uh, who was, who was, Our favourite. He's come up on this podcast before, yeah. He was a true great. He uh, co-wrote with Eric Clapton the groundbreaking soundtrack to the equally groundbreaking television series Edge of Darkness, uh, future episode fodder, I think, uh, and went on to score such film classics as Brazil, Highlander, Licence to Kill, the Lethal Weapon series, Die Hards 1 through 3, Memento, and one of your personal favourites, Tom, Frequency, starring Jim yes. Caviezel and Dennis Quaid. Definitely doing that at some point. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Cayman also, of course, composed the score for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So they were literally like, get, get, get Cayman. Get Cayman. <laughs> get Cayman. How do you have time to do anything else? You're just constantly working. Uh, so the cast, as, yeah. as we've touched upon, yeah. a perfectly cast movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but, but possibly one, of, one or two exceptions. Yeah. So as the, uh, as the suave Aramis <laughs> at the height of his powers before all the bad stuff. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. You forget like how just solid and great he was. Yeah. Just like really cool and just yeah. funny. And, yeah. And yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sheen was originally sought for the role of Porthos, uh, but apparently insisted instead on being cast as the more romantic Aramis. He was yeah. like, I don't want that part. I want to play. This is after Hot Shots, isn't it? Well, so he 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 was, um, he filmed Hot Shots Pot Deux. Yeah. Just before this, wow, which, we'll okay. come, which we will come back to. And Platoon had already happened by now, hasn't it? Platoon was way back, yeah. way back, yeah. way back when. Um, as the moody, brooding Athos, post his early movie success in the likes of Young Guns, Flatliners and A Few Good Men, but pre his career yeah. comeback in 24, a red hot Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. And like, because I was trying to think, yeah, where was he in his career at this point? Because it's a good nearly eight or so years before 24. Yeah. But like he wasn't really a thing at this point, was well, he? Well, he no, well, he was he still was, like his 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 early movie success was behind him. Yeah, twenty four was ahead of him. Slap bang in the middle. Yeah, the highlight of his career. Yeah, the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Um, and he had previously appeared alongside Charlie Sheen in nineteen eighty eight Brat Pack Western Young Guns. Yeah, as the uh, wide eyed newcomer D'Artagnan. Who else but the number one clean cut nineties kids, Chris O'Donnell? Yeah, no, I'm being mean to Chris here, but I just, yeah, he, he, he's okay. Well, see, see if you would think that any of these okay. these All would right. have been better. First choice for the role, 
talked about the, the mummy earlier. Huh? Brendan Fraser. Oh, He's apparently first choice. He would have been great. Yeah. He would have been really good. <laughs> he would have been really good. Whispering it in case Chris can hear. Uh, sorry, he I'm been, sorry, Chris, but you know Brendan Fraser, are you? Brendan Fraser would have been better. Oh, it's a shame. Uh, Why didn't he do it? I, d- I don't know. What else was he doing? Jordan's Jungle was years away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Fucking, fucking hell, Brendan. I don't know. Um, apparently, Brad Pitt and Stephen Dorff also turned down the role. I mean, Brad, absolutely. <laughs> Dorff, all I remember him for is Britney Spears' Every Time video. <laughs> That's all I remember him for. And, and for playing the villain in, in Blade. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know You know. this podcast has been going on too long when this isn't even the first time we've dissed <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Like, it's, it's come up before. And you're like, fucking Stephen Dorff, what's he ever done? Except for every, t- except for every time. Except for... <laughs> Giving Britney a hard time in every time. Leave Britney alone. She's having a she's had a hard life, Stephen Dorf. But like we actually think think he did it. Sort of it's his fault. But like, we, sort of, we do that. We sort of resent Stephen Dorf a little bit. Like, leave her alone. Let her let her have a she, let her have a bath. She, let her have a bath in peace. She just wants to have a bath. <laughs> Stephen. Oh, it's true though. Like I sort of weirdly like take against him because I'm like. Why was he so mean to Britney? As the uh, rambunctious Porthos, who, as I say, loves wine, women and song, uh, and schools D'Artagnan in, and a direct quote, the manly art of wenching. So I'm going to teach you about the manly art of wenching. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, he... Um, Ol- he... Oliver Platt. <laughs> That's his name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he was great. Great and, in this. Like... He's obviously a bigger fellow. Yeah. But like sexy in this film. Like like <laughs> I, strangely sexy. I, I feel like it's a highly fuckable cast. Like there's who who is not sexy in this movie? Except maybe Tim Curry. But you would, wouldn't you, Tim Curry? Yeah, but actually I've said that. No, I feel bad. Yeah. Tim Curry is very sexy. Yeah. Um yeah. 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 Yeah, every single one. No. Who's the guy you'll get onto, I'm sure, mm. with the eye patch? Um Michael Winkle. Yeah. Yeah. He's a looker. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Gravity voice. Yeah, yeah, great. No, just a very sexy, very sexy cast. Yeah. Oliver Platt, of course, also appeared opposite uh, Kiefer Sutherland in Flatliners. Of course. Um, so Kiefer, Chris O'Donnell, and Oliver Platt all endured six weeks of fencing and riding lessons for this movie. Uh, Charlie Sheen missed the training as he was still filming Hot Shots Pot Deux. Uh, so he just didn't bother, just didn't, never learned it. As a result, his character, Aramis, often resorts to fisticuffs rather than swordplay in the film's fight scenes. <laughs> I love that. Um, Charlie just didn't bother. He just didn't bother. Um, <sighs> Charlie Sheen won't have been too upset to have uh, missed out on the riding lessons because apparently he hates horses. Hates horses? Charlie Sheen hates, hates, Who hates horses. hates horses? I know. It's like such peaceful beasts. Unless they like broke your legs or something. Why, why would broke, you? Broke your legs. Like you fell off one or something. Like, why would you? like Drew from Neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> just just thinking of Drew from Neighbours. Charlie Sheen just watched Neighbours and was like, I'm not getting one of those. They fucking, fucking kill Drew. Do you remember that? Libby was Drew hot. was the sexiest man in Neighbours history. <laughs> Yeah, he was so sexy. He was so cool. So sexy and cool. And and Drew and Libby in particular were like the oh, power couple. You yeah. loved them. And he was on a horse. Yeah. And I don't know if the guy who played Drew was just livid about what they were about to do to his character, <laughs> but he was just sort of running around on it and he just went, uh, and then fell off. Yeah. Went, dead. Instantly died. What? Yeah. He's not just paralysed. No, he's no, dead. dead. Yeah, but dead. nothing happened to him. He just fell off a horse. Yeah. Yeah, no, dead. Topical because... Uh... As, as we record this, Neighbours is approaching its final episode. Yeah. And one of its greatest mysteries. Justice for Drew. The brutal death of Drew. Yeah. Justice like, for Drew. Totally unnecessary. I like the idea that Charlie Sheen watched that and was like, I'm not getting on a horse. Kill my boy Drew. <laughs> but kill my boy Drew. <laughs> Tom's stomach's also mad about, about the, the untimely demise of Drew. <laughs> so as, as, the, as the villain of the piece, Cardinal... <laughs> 
<laughs> Cardinal Richelieu. Uh, <laughs> it's the 90s. <laughs> Who, yeah, who, yeah. Do you, who do you cast as a villain? You can't go Rickman because they've had just, the, done that. just done him in Prince of Thieves. <laughs> so who else is an absolute master of screen yeah. villainy? Tim Curry. Tim Curry. And he's fantastic in it. He's always fantastic. But Never disappoint. I, I feel like when you watched it, yeah. I felt like they filmed it in, in scene order. Yeah. Because right? at the beginning, yeah. he's sort of playing it seriously. Yeah. And then by the end, he's it's, just fucking about. He figures out what film he's in. He's just like, oh, oh, so this isn't real. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll ham it up then. Oh, you want it, You want me to be... 20 times the hamminess. Okay, yeah. right, fine. And yeah. he just fucks about and he's just laughing. It's and... a delicious ham curry. Because that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> At the beginning, he's like pl- like saying the lines seriously, <laughs> like he's a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. And by the end, he's like, ha, 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 and just, just taking the piss. Brilliant. As, as Milady de Winter, a beautiful and evil spy of the Cardinal, and also Athos's ex wife, Rebecca de Mornay. Uh, Winona Ryder is also considered for the role. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now, is this really stupid to say? Mm. Does the word milady come from from this? You know, you go milady. <laughs> well, like Parker from Thunderbirds. Yeah, milady. I no, but I, I, it's like a title. Yeah, I, I think it's not. It's not like it's not like that's. It's not her name. <laughs> oh, is I, it not her name? Well, I don't. I don't think. I'm saying that with confidence. Now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> what was her name? No, I think it's like Milady De Winter. I think it's like being called like Lady De Winter. Like it's like it's like a title. Oh, I, I thought think. it was just her first name. <laughs> I don't. Neither of us know the answer. No, to this I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'd love to heap right, scorn to prove, upon you to prove that we have listeners. Can you tweet us or something just to explain? Which we can't be asked to just look it up on Wikipedia right now. Yeah. So just tell us: is Milady a first name or is it a title? A title. Well, I think. I think because again, going back is to this, where Park connected from. Y- yes, Milady. Yeah. I think that would be a it would be a title, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like saying yeah, yeah. or oh, I love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Gabrielle Anwar. Uh, who just the year before starred opposite Chris O'Donnell in the Al Pacino movie Scent of a Woman. Hoo-ah! <laughs> uh, she, she plays Queen Anne. See, he was good in that, Chris O'Donnell. Great, you know, yeah. 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 Mm. Fine in Batman Forever. A lot of problems with that movie. He's not He's not particularly one of them. No. He's, he's not. He's I'm, think, I'm thinking of Batman and Robin where he's diabolical. He is bad in that movie. Yeah, but everyone is. Everyone's, bad, everyone's yeah. bad in that movie. Um, except for uh, Michael Goff. Never gives a bad performance. <laughs> Have you ever, you know, there's some movies that are like terrible, terrible movies, but there's like one redeeming feature. Yeah. There's one great, genuinely, a brilliant it's the scene. Alfred scene yeah. with George Clooney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, no, it was a good. A brilliant scene in Batman and Robin yeah. where like where Alfred's dying and he's like, I, uh, I, yeah. I, I love you, old man. Genuinely great, genuinely great scene. <laughs> not, all, not all films can be like The Musketeers where every single scene is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as uh, Captain Rochefort, the henchman to Richelieu. Their imagination did fail them somewhat here, where they cast uh, Michael Wincott, who had also played Guy of Gisborne, <laughs> the uh, Sheriff of Nottingham's henchman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Same actor. Yeah, same thing, isn't it? Same performance, yeah. really. Um, Wincott would later reunite with Keith Sutherland, playing hacker Adrian Cross in 2014's 24 Live Another Day. Oh. Yeah. Um, Ju- Judy Delpy, probably best known for her appearances in Richard Linklater's yeah. Before trilogy. She plays D'Artagnan's love interest, Constance. Yeah. Uh, Paul McGann. <laughs> now, now... No, no, I, I, I love Paul McGann. I will take as much Paul McGann as I can get. But what I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you spotted this. So Paul McGann plays D'Artagnan's immature nemesis Gerard, yeah. who believes D'Artagnan has dishonoured his sister, and who, according to Disney Wiki, likes winning, fighting, finishing off D'Artagnan, restoring his family's honour, and dislikes losing and D'Artagnan being alive. <laughs> <laughs> he just hates it. It's like, oh, he's still alive. Oh. But he's... Hamming it up. I, talk, I, about, talk, I, about, talk about ham curry. Ham began. I've messaged you 
just saying, what have they done to Paul McGann? <laughs> Look how they've massacred my boy. <laughs> just, I don't know what they're, you've, you've got one of the most beautiful men alive. What are you doing? Again, what a sexy cast. Because I'm thinking of, I, it's Guy of Gisborne actually, in Maid Marian. Mm. You know, the the wetty. Yeah. That's what they've done to him. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, why have you done that to Paul? Cast Martin Short if you're going to make a silly character like this. Do you want to have a blast of, blast of Paul? Yeah, yeah, if you have to. Yeah. In the name of God. In France, correct? France, indeed. <laughs> My sister's on her. We'll not wait a moment longer. <laughs> I'll handle this. D'Artagnan. We also protect each other. I don't know why they made him do it like that. Maybe it was because Paul McGann also plays a second role in this film. What? He also plays one of the cardinal swordsmen. He's just one of the. He's just. just, Yeah, just want to go. All right, let's go back. Let's go back back to the trailer because you didn't. You didn't spot this. We're going to watch the trailer again. Keep an eye. Keep it can only have been like for 10 no, seconds. It's quite a big role. Pay attention. <sighs> there he is. What? They don't look anything like him. It's like Liam Neeson. You're under arrest. Why did they do that? No. Was he meant to be in it more? I, am, I, don't, I don't know. It's not a nutty professor. <laughs> I don't know. What was the point? I, I, don't, I don't know. What a strange decision. And, and Or make him in it more. It, but, so but, he wasn't a brother of the character. No, he's just, just playing two different roles in the film. Why? I don't know. And it's, Did someone else not turn up that day and like, oh, Paul, do you want to do yeah. something else? It's a bit of a better character than you're playing now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's clearly him both times as well. It's like they, they, don't, they don't disguise it that well. And I like I like the, the casting director was like, oh, we want we want someone like Paul for this, but we've already cast him in this other part. And like, you've got, Paul McGann has three brothers, all yeah. of, all of which are actors: Joe McGann, Mark yeah. McGann, Steve, Stephen McGann. They're like, we'll do it. We're like, oh, you're not you're not quite right. You don't you have a, there's not quite enough Paul quality about you. We want exactly Paul McGann twice. We'll just cast him twice. What had Paul McGann done at this point? Obviously, with Neil and I years before, but yeah, obviously before Doctor Who, pre Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe he just wasn't that sexy heartthrob as he really know him now. He was good enough to cast twice. Yeah, but, but I think I think I think his brothers resented him. I think they were like, we could have done that. We could have played at least at least one of those roles. But that guy was barely in it. The second character. Yeah, he only had like one line. But and he said it really. It's like Paul McGann couldn't be asked. He was like, yeah, so uh, I need to turn up and just uh, you need to come with us now. <laughs> do you want to do it again? No, because I'm annoyed that I'm having to do this in the first place. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's, he, do you reckon he got paid? Maybe he didn't only get paid once for Very strange. two days, right? But I, I, no, I do think his brothers were annoyed because in, in, in 1998, the other three brothers, McGann brothers, minus Paul, they released a self-titled Funk and Soul album. What? As the McGanns. What? Yeah, they, re- they, released a, they released an album. Called the Three Musketeers? No, <laughs> no called the, oh. they were called the McGanns. Oh. But um, I, I, was it some sort of re- revenge tactic? They were like, sorry... No Paul. Oh, so they teamed up without Paul. It was all the other ones without Paul. They so were like, Paul was, if anything, he was the D'Artagnan of the group and tried to... <laughs> yeah. How weird. Yeah. Who's buying that? <laughs> so who's, who's, who's clambering for a... Uh... Who's, who's, cl- who's clambering? Who's clambering <laughs> for that? I was saying it, I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. Who's, who's going for a McGann album, and not even the good McGann... <laughs> On a disco funk album. So good they cast him twice. I, I said funk and soul, but if you want to <laughs> disco funk. 
Very yeah. strange. So Very not, strange. But not only did Paul McGann play two roles in this movie, um, he also appeared in the final season of the BBC's Musketeers series oh. uh, much later in another role. It's the, <laughs> it's the Musketeers multiverse of McGannness. <laughs> Was he in Dog Canyon as well? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, um, so some IMD beta oh, okay. casting rumors, yeah, although good. this time they come from uh, Wikipedia, the source. Uh, Al Pacino, again Johnny Depp, Robert Downey Jr. and Gary... But playing who? Well, and Gary Oldman were also apparently sought out by Disney for parts in the film, though we're... Didn't say. Don't say which parts. So. Well, I assume Al Pacino would be Tim Curry. Yeah, you, you would think, all for one, one for all! Uh, um, apparently Jean-Claude Van Damme was also was also courted for a role um, but again much like Poirot he's not French he's Belgian so I, and then I started thinking about what would it be like Jean-Claude Van Damme in an action reboot of, uh, of Poirot it should be great the, the moustache from Brussels imagine that I'd watch I would watch it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie Elwes, uh, he came close to landing a part in the movie. Feels like the sort of person who yeah. should be in this movie. Yeah. Um, but he was apparently dropped from the film before filming began. So late in the day, in fact, that he actually appeared in an interview to promote the film alongside Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland that, that was broadcast on the E! Network. So it was like, we've got Charlie, we've got Kiefer, we've got Carrie, the, the stars of Musketeers. And he was like, yeah. So who was Carrie going to be? He was going to be... Unclear, I, I guess, maybe... Platt. Or, like, Platt? Oliver Platt. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Porthos, I guess. Yeah, yeah Porthos. So he would... Yeah. I guess I don't know. It's unclear. Again, unclear. But he uh, he, he was going to be some some role in the movie. Um, maybe it was McGann's part, and then at the last minute they... that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, the film's original production studio, Synergy Pictures, uh, dropped the film because its chairman disapproved of, of Disney's casting choices. It, are you mad? Have you seen the cast? Yeah. <laughs> That's the best thing about the film. <laughs> Uh, but new production studio Caravan Pictures stepped in with producers Joe Roth and Roger Birnbaum having previously worked at 20th Century Fox where they along with Columbia and Disney had also bid for David Lowry's script this was a bidding war this shit was hot property everyone was like yes we want this script it's hot script around uh, the film was highly anticipated after Disney announced that its September 1993 test screenings for the film showed the most positive response it had ever received from an audience. They say that. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It was the best reaction to any Disney movie ever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> However, <laughs> after, after its release, the film received highly negative reviews. Funny that, isn't it? Uh, it just doesn't go anywhere. It's just very flat. I feel like you've got the rose-tinted, I'm a kid, I loved it, glasses on. You've turned back around. You were watching that trailer going, oh, <laughs> no, actually, no, no, I, was, no. I was entirely wrong. It's, do you know what it is? I, I enjoy, I like the characters and mm. the cast who play them. Mm. I just feel like everything around it is just nothing, there's nothing of substance. There's just well, nothing going on. Well, Michael Wilmington of the Chicago Tribune, he wrote that the new Walt Disney version of The Three Musketeers is plushly mounted, but ineptly written and cast. Oh, he says it's ineptly cast. Um, <laughs> it, but it gallops along like a gargantuan tutti-frutti wagon running amok. Oh, okay. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 28%. The site's critic, 28, that is low, isn't it? Yeah, the site's critics' consensus says uh, its starry trio of do-gooders may promise to fight one for all, all for one, but this Three Musketeers is a slickly unmemorable update, mm. bound to satisfy very few. Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, when, when released in theatres, uh, this movie was preceded by the opening scene from the then upcoming movie, The Lion King. Maybe, oh. that, maybe that's why people were disappointed because 
I love Three Musketeers. Lion King is great. Yeah. Can you imagine if you watch the first scene of The Lion King and they're like, I want to watch that. And then what, this other film in, came on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh, I, was, I, was in, yeah. I was in the movie watching Lion King, actually. And then it's like, <laughs> That's ah. a weird thing to do, isn't it? Playing a whole scene. The weirdest example of that. So it, 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 it doesn't, it's not like a common occurrence, but it does happen every so often. And um, me and my me and my friends had gone to the cinema to see The Expendables, right? Right? Yeah. And they, prior to, to screening The Expendables, they chose to show us a, a, a scene, a whole scene from another movie. Not a trailer, like a scene, much like this. Do you know what film? film they, what, what film do you think they chose to show a scene from prior to a screening of The yeah, Expendables? One of the Fast and Furious films or... Yeah, you would think something along yeah. the lines. Bridesmaids, <laughs> bridesmaids. Which I've since got, I've since gone back and, and and I've since gone back and watched bridesmaids. And you know, it's a good film. It's a great. It's, it's great, a great. It's a great yeah, film. But it's not but the this same was, mood, is it? But they showed the, the the scene from bridesmaids. We're like, oh, I can't wait for a bit of you know, oh, adrenaline fueled yeah. action with Stallone and the boys. And they showed the scene from bridesmaids where they, they all shit, shit themselves. themselves. Yeah. And I was, it's like it's like I'm here for Stallone kicking ass, not Melissa McCarthy shitting herself in the street. <laughs> but what were they thinking? Like this is this is our crowd. This is who we should aim this at. Ah, like, oh, these guys are like toilet humour. It's yeah. fine. Where? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> so, despite sniping from the critics, uh, the Three Musketeers, which cost thirty million dollars to make, it grossed uh, eleven point five million in its opening weekend alone. Okay, placing it at number one at the US box office. It went on to gross fifty three point nine million in the United States and Canada, and fifty seven million dollars right. internationally for a worldwide total of one hundred eleven okay. million dollars. Back then, that's all right. Yeah, it was, it was, solid. Solid. Yeah. Broke even. And I feel like I feel like now, yourself excluded, it, it does it does have a bit of a following. Yeah, you know, people people look back, they love it. So uh, I I put out the call. On, yeah. on, on, on on social media channels on Facebook James Pilson Wood simply said love that film yeah fair enough so do I James so do I yeah. uh, on, on Twitter uh, Howard Pirat uh, said it's the best movie that Kiefer and Charlie can perform in together <laughs> yes not, it's better than Young Guns that's not saying much I just say of the two films it's really good yeah, it's better than better than Young Guns <laughs> Howard also says and you, you won't disagree with this uh, yeah. he says it may have the best song ever recorded for a movie yeah. 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 So the this, best the best thing about the film. This is I mean it, a, it is though. It's the best thing about It's the, the best film. thing, but there are a lot of good things. Yeah. So with this film, again, they'd hired Michael Kamen as composer, yeah. but they didn't just want to match Prince of Thieves and its ubiquitous theme song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Yeah. They wanted to outdo it. Yeah. So they brought back Brian Adams, who co-wrote the song All for Love with Kamen, and the legendary music producer and songwriter Robert John Mutt Lange, who produced albums for the Boomtown Rats, ACDC, Billy Ocean, Nickelback, and his wife, Shania Twain, also co-writing most of her album Come On Over, which this is not really on topic, but Come On Over by Shania Twain is the best-selling studio album ever by a female act, the best-selling album of the the 90s, and the ninth best-selling album ever in the United States. That does impress me (laughs) much. So Brian's back. But you can't just bring back Brian. Needed to up their game. Yeah, and and clever because Musketeers. They wanted that Three Musketeers vibe. Yeah, clever. So they they bring in Rod Stewart, the one man who can mm-hmm. match Brian, gravel for gravel. Yeah, and Sting sort of does the bits in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man No Way Home of nineties pop. <laughs> really good. Incredible. Yeah, awesome. I love all the, I love all this preamble. There's like a bit of a backstory where. Brian and Sting are, yeah. are on time. Is that Cayman? They're waiting for they're waiting for Diva Rod to show oh, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah." Funny hat, but not wearing tights. 
There's a bit in a minute where Sting just takes the piss out of Brian Adams. He just goes because if anything, Brian's a little kid of the three. Yeah, he's, he's by far if they're like brothers. Yeah. Rod's rocked up. You're an hour late. You're an hour late. You're an hour late. There's a bit in a minute where Sting just goes, When is love you gave? Just to absolutely take the piss out of Brian. Rod's rocked up. Looking ridiculous. Rod looks the same now. It's like 30 years ago. <laughs> what a dick. Sting just, like, just about to do it, just about to launch yeah. into it. Sting just absolutely. So good. Because <sighs> it's like all three of them at yeah. their peak. It's like Sting and Brian. This is great. Yeah. I, could, I could listen to this forever. Yeah. This can't possibly get any better. <laughs> Oh, it can. When there's love inside, oh. I swear I'll always be strong. Then there's a reason why I'll prove to you we belong. Now it's just those two, Rod and Brian, yeah. like out, trying to outgravel yeah. each other. And Sting's like, well, I've got to do something. <laughs> i got to do something. So like, what can, what can I do? I've got a, quite a powerful voice, I guess. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Let's make it. Oh! <laughs> yeah, Sting's really good at this. Oh! I've got to say, at this point, Sting looks very sexy. Yeah. He was. He was. He, yeah. made, he made that receding hairline work for him. Yeah. one for all. <laughs> oh, incredible. incredible. And I, yeah, I feel like it just, again, mm. hasn't had the legacy in the same way that I, I love it yeah. and it's one of my favourite songs. Yeah. But compared to like everything I do, yeah. it's not had the staying power. And I think it's because Three Musketeers isn't held as highly as, say, Prince of Thieves. Mm. It's not remembered as much, even I, though it was a big hit at the time. I think, I think, and I'm going to whisper again. Oh. I think it's better. I think it's better than everything I do. I do a few. I think it's yeah. a better song. It's weird. Everything I do is... This, yeah, that's the song you'll still hear on the yeah. radio. Yeah. And obviously it was number one forever. And yeah. It was a I mean, hit. this was a huge hit. It reached number one in North America, some yeah. other territories. Yeah. yeah. Top five hit over here, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you just don't hear this ever on the radio. This is never played. Why this not? Is, yeah. I think, it's better than, I think it's better than everything I do. I think it's closest competitors when it comes to movie tie-in bangers. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. And I, you, know, you know the two. Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose by Seal from Batman Forever. And, oh, Chad Kroger. Hero. Yeah. Chad Kroger yeah. featuring Josie Scott from Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sheer arrogance of this song. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, fuck you, we're going to bring the three of them together yeah. and just, just fucking hell. Look at it. <laughs> Listen to it. Love it. You'll buy it. And it, it's really good. Yeah. And the harmonies at the end uh, are insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, so good. I'll play it now. I mean, Lovely. orgasmic. I mean, it's just so good. But yeah, it just hasn't had the 
hasn't no. had the staying power and it's a shame because yeah. you know I'm slacking off this film yeah. but it deserves more love than it has I feel like it was just forgotten I feel like it happened yeah and then no it's, one cared about it ever again. It's not had like a reappraisal. No. It's not come back. This film is so underrated that even you, who don't even particularly like it, think, <laughs> I, it, think, I think it, it deserves, deserves more credit. Well, it does. It yeah. deserves to at least be a thing. Yeah. I just feel like everyone just forgot it happened. Yeah. Which is weird because it was obviously a big deal yeah. and it did well at the box office and had a massive hit single. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, where's the... Where's, where's the, the legacy? Where's the legacy? <laughs> There's no legacy. <laughs> it's like the... But it's like, but, Musketeers films just have no legacy. But it's, for me, it's like Avatar. Yeah. Zero legacy, in my opinion, despite being the biggest film ever made. That is that is actually true. Avatar, yeah. Avatar has no legacy. Because if you asked anyone on the street, yeah, who who's an Avatar? Yeah, you're gonna go see Avatar two? <sighs> Not really? No, I ain't going. But it'll it'll gonna probably do really well. <sighs> but um, yeah, if you ask the everyman who yeah. starred in 1993's Three Musketeers, I bet yeah. most people on the street have, have a clue what you're talking about. No, who sang All for Love? No mm. one have a clue what you're talking about. No, it's a shame. We'll change it this episode. This this is going to be the beginning. Yeah. The beginning of something. But I mean, listeners, in your opinion, what is the best ever movie tie-in song? And why is it All for Love from the Three Musketeers? <laughs> uh let us know. Podcast at twogeeks2beers.com or at two geeks cast on all the socials. Uh so that that is it. Final thoughts? Um, yeah, I think my whole thing is it's just yeah, the lack of um memory for this film. I think I went into it because I knew the song so well. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was a bigger deal than it was. Yeah. And I've watched it and I was like, I don't remember this at all. No. And then I looked it up a bit to see what the reviews were at the time and how it did. I was like, yeah, no one really liked this film, did they? No. And it just sort of went, oh. But they're wrong. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too swayed by the reviews and just being overly led. I think so. Um, but as I say, the performances were good. Yeah. And the whole scene where they're just the boys and they're just, there's a whole scene mm. Well, the three of them yeah. are talking about how to make out with women. Yeah. And and they just do. <laughs> Apart from Kiefer, who's in the corner, he doesn't want to be involved. Nah, but, but the rest were just... And they just, just sort of make, make out with the same woman sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, well, this wouldn't get made now. But it was a lot of fun. And so, yeah, the characters were good, the cast were good. Yeah. I just feel like... Well, wait, 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 I'm, I, I don't understand what your problem is. <laughs> I feel like the plot and the, the writing wasn't the best. Yeah. And I feel like... it was, it was it, There was a bidding war. Yeah, there was a bidding war. Do you know what else I'll give it to them? Mm. Do you know what I'll never be able to do? Mm. Is holster a sword? No, just stab yourself. You in know the when leg. they just do this number and they're yeah. running on a uh, running on a horse. Yeah, and they got the sword and they yeah. it's the, they they just sheath it yeah. without even thinking. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be there. Go, hang on, <laughs> I, I just come yeah. and then stab yourself in yeah. the knee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many? Outtakes of they're just trying to machine, just stabbing There's himself. No way in. they do that first time. No. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I guess. Um, Brilliant. Thanks for that. But it's uh, yeah, it deserved better. Yeah. And it deserved a sequel. Yeah. It earned a sequel. It earned a sequel. Yeah. I didn't really like it, but it deserved better. <laughs> so that that is it. Uh, you can find all 104 previous episodes all at twogeeks2beers.com including installments on 90s movie favourites like The Rocketeer, Space Jam, Armageddon, and many more. You can also subscribe via our website to your preferred podcast outlet of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podbean, and you can rate and review the podcast and become a Two Geek supporter on Patreon. And if you visit our site or head directly to patreon.com slash twogeekscast, you can sponsor us, helping to fund our recording sessions, our equipment, all your money goes directly back into making the show. And depending on what tier you choose, you can get different rewards, including 
exclusive Patreon-only minisodes, Ooh. outtakes, ah. personalised thank you videos, wow. merch, including a Two Geeks mug and T-shirt, Brilliant. you can't get anywhere else, and even a mini-episode or full-length episode that's exclusive to you. What a bargain. Yeah. You can also email us, podcast at twogeeks2bears.com, and send us feedback, thoughts, and suggestions for future episodes. As ever, thanks for joining us. I've been Morgan, he's been Tom, and we've been the wall that protects you from the wind and the rain, from the hurt and the pain. Yeah! Yeah! Hey! So we talked there about some uh, some other Musketeers adaptations, mm. the ones that preceded the 1993 uh, film. Albert of his Musketeer. Albert and yeah. Dogtanyan amongst them. His name is Albert. Uh, some other ones. Uh, some more notable than others. Uh, so in 2014, you had a TV series, as you mentioned, that Paul McGann made a guest appearance in, starring at Heroes Santiago Cabrera oh. as, as Aramis, Peter Capaldi as Cardinal Rochilla, among others. Uh, there was the Three Musketeers film in 2011. Was it? Yeah, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson of Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat fame. Starring uh, Matthew McFadgen as Athos, oh. Ray Stevenson as Porthos, Luke Evans as Aramis, Mila Jovovich oh. as Milady de Winter, Maz Mikkelsen as Rochefort, Christoph Waltz as Cardinal Richelieu. Oh. James Corden's in it for some reason. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you don't know this. Take that, wrote and recorded the official single entitled When oh. We Were Young. Yeah. It's no awful one, awful no. love, is it? Do you know what? That was a classic example of. They didn't write the song for the film. It was just a song they did. It was a good song. Yeah. But they were, I reckon, I think, was it, who was it? Um, did it? Was it Matthew? Anyway, one of their mates did the film. And they were like, have you got any songs lined about Gary? And like, um, is this one we've got on the album that we're coming out? Yeah, yeah that'll do. Is it anything to do with the movement? Nah. Right. They're just sort of putting a bit where they're like, and we've got some muskets. Just... But, it, but it's just a nice ballad. It's yeah. got nothing, it doesn't fit. Yeah. It's no awful, no. No, it? no. It's not an awful, an awful love. But no one remembers these. <laughs> no one remembers these. So there was La Femme Musketeer, a TV movie produced in 2004 and aired on the Hallmark Channel that saw Michael York reprise what? his role of D'Artagnan from the, from the old but movies. Is it connected? Well, I mean, he's back. So is it canon? Wow. Um, and, it, and it also starred uh, Footballer's Wives star Susie Amy as his daughter Valentine D'Artagnan and uh, John Rhys Davies as Porthos. <laughs> what? I've seen it. It's absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But I, I love the idea that's still technically connected to the 1972 film. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> The Last Musketeer in 2000, a TV movie starring Robson Green as a, refor- as a reformed crook turned professional fencer who uses his skills to fight gangsters. That's nothing to do with it, is it? It's like, no, but it's like a, no, it's like a modern day Musketeers. But, <laughs> Robson Green. But there's only one Musketeer and it's, Rob- oh. and it's, and it's Robson Green. Wow. That's what it's come to. All right. That was like five years after Robson and Jerome as well. So he's obviously trying to shake off his uh shake off his, his clean cut image <laughs> by playing a a crook turned professional fencer that'll that'll classic career path uh, wow okay